welcome to Create Shift. If you're new here, welcome. And if you've been listening for a while, welcome back. It's so lovely to have you here. Create Shift is a podcast to support, encourage, and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. It's hosted by me, Ellen of Being Change. I'm here to support all of us to live our happiest, healthiest, and most fulfilled lives. And this podcast is one of the ways in which I hope to do that. Thank you so much for being here. Now, on to today's episode. arrival of season seven of the podcast. Um, I just wanted to do a little catch-up intro before the intro, a pre-intro, um, just to uh, yeah share a bit about what's going on. Um, how are you? Uh, it's mad. Actually, I can't answer that question very easily, so I am sorry for asking it because I doubt many of us can answer it. Uh, but I hope you're as okay as you can be. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy time, um, and this podcast is late being released for this season because, you know what, I just couldn't do it. Um, and yeah, I recently I've been doing a lot of thinking, um, about how, sort of since March I really went full on scattergun, like, what can I possibly do to help myself um survive (laughs) make money as a business um this is my only source of income this business right now so uh, and and I lost you know most of my income stream that I had you know pre-pandemic so which I know is not unique um loads of us are in that situation but yeah so I kind of just went mad and like doing all the things and like my reaction to the stress of everything and the anxiety I guess was to work a lot um which is not sustainable and I mean I really really need a break and you know I'm working on that um but I'm not I'm not having a break at the moment I'm still working on things but um I am having a little pause on the podcast for a bit uh so I've got three brilliant interviews to share with you which will be season seven and maybe that's you know the first part of season seven and I'll come back to season seven or maybe the podcast will come back in a different format so um, I just wanted to, to let you know that's what's happening um, also I have stopped my Patreon community for now because that was another thing that was just kind of me trying to do everything and although I love the idea of having a community and I, you know maybe in the future I will have a membership community when the time is right and it's not coming from that place of like ah I gotta do all the things to to make this work um so I'm trying to be more focused and intentional and to really uh live the life that I talk about because uh, I think that's important um you know and then also there's so many on so many levels there are so many things to deal with in the world right now both with the pandemic and with um you know everything to do with addressing racism and systemic racism and, and you know I want to take some time to to do the learning around that and to address my part in that and you know I'm fully aware that I I have mostly had white guests on this podcast you know so you know that's all stuff that I want to think about and think about how I can uh use my platforms to uplift and and 
share diverse voices. So a lot to think about, a lot to process. Um, so that's why you're just getting three brilliant interviews um, for this season of the podcast. And then I'm going to go on a break and I don't know when it will be back, but um, hopefully it will be back in some form. Final thing I wanted to say is that I am creating... Um, an e-course, an online course, Ayurveda for Everyday Life. So if you are interested in learning about Ayurveda from me, um, specifically about how we can practically apply teachings of Ayurveda to our everyday lives right now to feel more of a state of inner harmony, then the best thing to do is to sign up to my mailing list at the moment. Um, there will be a sales page on my website imminently, um, it depends when you're listening to this, but uh, yeah, head to being-change.com and sign up to the newsletter and, and you'll find out when that course. Uh, the plan is to do the first intake of the course because it's a, it's not self-guided at the moment. I'm launching it as something that I, I kind of guide you through and I'm there as support um, with you as you go through the course. We'll be starting in August. So if you're interested in that, I would love to have you um, join us. Um, this is something that I'm very passionate about and have been thinking about creating for a long time um so it's this kind of thing that I, I want to make the space for um because I think I, I hope it can make it a real difference you know um so yeah uh do check that out you know like I said head to my website you'll see the sales page or you'll you can sign up to my newsletter and I'll share info with you there and um the other thing to note is, and I'll make this clear on the sales page as well, but um, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I'm sure that'd be great, but I, I'm sure I can't afford it right now, there are going to be bursary spaces available, so um, please don't let the, the cost be a barrier um, for you taking part, if you would like to take part. Um, you can just get in touch with me for a bursary space and we can work it out. Um, and that's the same with my coaching as well. That's the final thing I'll share is that um, there are both either payment plans, if that works for you with one-to-one -one coaching, you know, to spread cost out, um, but also bursary spaces. So again, um, my emails are open for you to get in touch and, and request uh, information on a bursary space um, for any anything that I offer, basically. Um, because I want to make my work as accessible as possible. Um, yes, uh, one other thing to I'll share with you is that I ran a Radical Rest mini retreat a few weeks ago. I was on Zoom, of course. Um, and, I mean, just I, I realised recently how passionate I am about the topic of rest, which is a really interesting thing for me because I've had challenging relationships with rest in the past um and realized how how much rest is countercultural and actually this is quite a useful uh, lead in to this conversation that's happening in this podcast today um but yes if you would like the radical rest mini retreat you can now buy it as a digital download and that's on my website if you if you head to being-change.com you'll see um digital products there's like a tab and you can head there and you can you can find it there and what you get is the uh, about two hours of uh, restorative very gentle yoga and guided meditation to help us come into a state of rest in the body and then an ebook that I've written which is all about uh, exploring our existing uh, beliefs our inherited beliefs around rest and seeing what they are and challenging them if they're not helpful, rewriting our beliefs around rest to create helpful ones, there's theories around rest, there's information on how it supports the body and the nervous system and the mind, um, yeah, lots of juicy stuff and I would love for you to 
to get that for yourself if it um, feels like something that you'd like and you're able to, to purchase that for yourself then I think that could be a lovely thing to do so that's me I guess um, practicing what I preach a bit developing new things taking a bit of a break and offering you these these three interviews before I go on the podcast break so I hope that you're okay um get in touch as always ellen at being-change.com or find me on instagram being underscore change and um enjoy the podcast enjoy this episode and I will be back soon Hello, welcome to Create Shift and another interview episode. In today's episode, I chat with Verity Guider, who is a coach, and Verity believes that there is strength in stillness. So Verity helps people to slow down. She's all about slow living, and that's what we chat about in this episode. We talk about how Verity found her way to this slower way of life that we discuss is kind of countercultural. And what slow living means to her, as well as uh, we get a bit philosophical about what it actually means to be yourself. Um, So it's one of my favourite kind of chats that kind of dances about here and there and really gives a flavour of Verity, my interviewee. So I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you find it, as always, inspiring and supportive. I'd love to know your thoughts. And yeah. Let's dive in with the episode. Enjoy. Hello, Verity. <laughs> Welcome to Create Shift. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you. Me um, too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so, do you want to get started with my, my first little intro question, mm-hmm. which is, could you tell us some of your favourite things about the season of summer? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm also very happy about that I get to answer this whilst the sun is shining. So I feel mm. like we are actually yes. in summer now, really. Um, I mean, number one, the beach. <laughs> uh, just a very easy answer there. We live about 20 minutes away. So our favourite thing uh, last nice. summer was to go down, wake up in the morning, make some sandwiches and just go straight to the beach like early in the morning before mm. it's overcrowded and before it's really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I'm looking forward to doing a bit more of in a different way this yeah, time yeah. um but actually I think probably my favorite thing genuinely is the fact that we do tend to slow down in mm. the summer because it's sort of traditionally holiday time there's not as much expectation on people mm. I don't feel to um to be working and to be just doing mm-hmm. things all of the time so I would say that's yeah there's a little bit more time people want to get outside yeah usually we're obviously a lot more sociable that's going to be slightly different how that works this year um but yeah I kind of just thinking about it I think we do tend to naturally slow down with the sun with the heat with the time out and Mm. I think that we enjoy the company of our friends and our family a lot more at this time of year too your birthday's in summer as well, isn't it? I just remembered it we is. had like an exchange on Instagram because I was like, I'm yes. a Leo too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we did, exactly. Yeah, a late August baby. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. mid August. So, it's, it, I always have that memory of having like a birthday party in the summer, even when I was little. You know, when you're like a, a kid and you invite your entire class to your birthday party you know yeah. when you're really small so that's yeah. and they're always in the garden and stuff so oh yeah. see mine was always different because it was because it was like we weren't back at school and everybody was away and everyone yeah, was yeah, yeah. my my but my 
birthday parties were often like Halloween. Really? <laughs> like, all, oh, yeah, wow. then we just get, we just like pushed them back a few months and I definitely had like some ghost parties as like an <laughs> eight year old. <laughs> yeah, see, I can't remember if mine were in August. You know, when I was really small, I can't remember. Yeah. They may have been in June or July. Like, mm. I don't know. So, but I always had things with like a small group of friends kind of in around yeah. my birthday for sure. Yeah. Um, my absolute dream is to have the summer like holiday season like the French do. And they just like mm. don't work. Oh, yeah. That's my dream. So it's yeah. like, if I, if I get there, uh, that's it. That's success. <laughs> yes. I, that is exactly the same. That's literally my like big dream for my business eventually is to be able to take like three months out every year yeah. for traveling, you know, yeah. for, for not working yeah. and to properly just like experience life outside of yes you know stress every day <laughs> and not not feel guilty about it yeah exactly that's exactly it um a couple of questions on that actually do you do you mm. tend to work seasonally do you like adapt i'm intrigued as to whether your um kind of concept of sort of slow living and stuff kind of shifts with the seasons and whether you sort of respond to the seasons and, and your work kind of changes to some extent yes like it's kind of quite a new concept to me it's only something I really came across online myself like a year or so ago and so I very much see the the uh, reasoning sounds like doesn't sound like the right word but I understand Mm. that um you know kind of like hibernating in on yourself a bit in the winter um but I think I'm kind of like I'm really starting to figure out like my own energy cycles yeah and and sometimes, you know, it can be the middle of winter, the darkest, wettest, coldest day. And I am absolutely just full of energy yeah. from nowhere. Mm. And then super lethargic in the summer because it's yeah. warm and I oh, don't yeah, really yeah. want to do anything. So it's almost like my my energy personally is slightly different from mm. the seasonal energy. Um, so I don't know if it necessarily works in terms of how I approach my business at the moment. But I would like to be using mm. that framework a lot more. Mm. I think it's interesting as women as well isn't it like as women with a with a cycle um because our own cycles go sort of you know you've heard about like the, the inner seasons that people talk yes, about and they yes, work with kind yeah. of uh, period coaches and things like that so it, you know that comes into play as well so there's all sorts of different mm. ways we can can track it mm. um I realized I've dived straight into sort of chatting to you about things because I got so excited and I haven't asked you to tell no, people what fine. you do <laughs> do you want to tell people what you do <laughs> yeah sure um I am a life coach and a writer um and I'm all about supporting creatives curious people basically to embrace a slower life from the inside out mm. so for me that's kind of cutting out the overwhelm and just rediscovering your inner peace because I promise you it does exist <laughs> yeah. I promise beneath the crazy hectic that our lives are um we do have quite a peaceful soul yes yeah mm. Mm, that's beautifully put um you have a very beautiful and peaceful voice actually you have a very calming voice <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure my husband in some would agree but yeah, yeah sometimes maybe, not. maybe I'm getting a certain quality of the voice aren't I I'm not not getting the one that's reserved for them okay that's fine no. um, <laughs> um so something else I uh wanted to ask you based on what we were just chatting about mm. um and actually a little bit what we were chatting about before we we hit record as well was that mm. you've uh taken most of this week off work and, and yeah. you're saying it's our goal to have that big time off in the summer kind of thing mm. uh and and not feel guilty do you feel guilty now uh kind of do you still struggle with that or have you kind of overcome that feeling of guilt of like I should be working um 
Oh, I would say it's very, very new for me to not feel guilty, Mm. as in in the last few days. Um, (laughs) That that new. No, I think in general, over the past couple of years, um, I've just been on that process of letting go of a lot Mm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is letting go of the guilt. Like as I learn to know, like I was sort of saying about different my energies cycles Mm. and things as I learn more about how I feel on a day-to-day basis Mm. um I am kind of yeah I would say getting rid of some of the guilt but like I've never really had that very very driven um I've got work so I must do this you know I've, I've always for a long time anyway I have recognize the need to put my own like mental health first so because that's my priority that takes away some of the guilt I know that if I look after myself first and foremost then my business will will look after itself too um so that has taken some of the guilt off but that definitely does not mean that I don't have shoulds in my head constantly and I you know I was having a bit of a freak out about doing podcast uh, yeah. not a massive one but I was talking to my yeah, yeah. my coach and just said oh you know I'm doing the podcast and it'll be lovely but to do that I should really put another Instagram post up because I haven't posted there for a while and I should really make sure that my website packages are updated because I haven't really done that very well and I should talk about it on stories and I'm meant to be doing my newsletters you know like there was like a mm-hmm. whole list of things I should be doing to make the most of this um but I just don't I don't perform well under that kind of pressure. Mm. Um, And I'm very much learning to trust that the right thing will come regardless of whether I spend 12 hours a day working on it or not. Um, But it's not easy. It's not, is it? No, I'm working on on that myself. I think it's interesting because we've had a conversation online before about Mm. the doshas because I know that you've done a dosha test and you're you're quite kappa dominant yes. aren't you hmm. which I can tell by looking at you as well <laughs> oh interesting <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um not in a bad way you've got a very kappa eyes kappa people have really big open mm. eyes and like mm. their hair it might just be like the yours. makeup today <laughs> don't don't play it down no but also in what you were saying because I've got uh, I basically when I do that dosha test I score zero kappa it doesn't mean I haven't got any in me oh. because we all have it to be alive. We, we, we need them all. Mm. But I'm pitta, uh, pitta Vata, very, very aligned. Mm. And so that Pitta's got like loads of that uh, drive and energy and ambition and like organization. So although I'm like really aware of everything that you said, you know, like if I slow down and take care of myself, my business will, will take care of me and it'll do better and, and all of these things. And like, you know, there's, I, I really find it super difficult. And I think it's just interesting to, to highlight kind of for anyone mm-hmm. listening as well, who might have done the dosha test and, and know what they are and sort of have different experiences of that. Like, yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. I would never have thought to put those two things together, you know, my dosha and mm. sort of how I approach. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it's, um, it's in everything is how we we approach everything which is what I'm really fascinated in but uh, fascinated by but um so I'm, I'm interested if you uh, uh obviously maybe this comes up when you work with clients around um you know this guilt of having time off or feeling like we should be doing all of these things and perhaps mm. you you have clients who are more kind of 
uh, like you know, you, you know, they probably don't know their dosha, but maybe more in that like, no, but I've got to do the work and this works on the list. So therefore I'm going to do it. And like, even if they know they're exhausted or whatever. Um, so if you have had clients in that situation or if you did kind of what might you suggest to them to, to start kind of working with that guilt and letting it kind of ease well do you know what's really lovely I finished up with a client last week that I'd worked with for the last six months who very much was you know everybody that I work for, work with works for themselves like that's the kind mm -hmm. of person I you know I'm naturally drawn to want to work with um and there's that overlap isn't there like when you work for yourself between work and home and yep. you just you <laughs> don't ever really switch off it's very yeah, hard to yeah. do um and kind of building those boundaries so we work really really hard over those the time that we worked together on on building boundaries you know mm. these are the days that I work these are the times that I work finding well no use now but finding a co-working space to get out of the house to go somewhere mm -hmm. um and over time that sort of morphed you know especially as lockdown came in and you know some of those boundaries were a bit harder to implement mm. but writing a to-do list every day and always always including at the very top something for me something for mm. her um you know whether that is stopping for 20 minutes with a really nice cup of tea and completely zoning out um or walking you know going for a nice walk but it was really lovely to see that putting herself first even for a short period of time every day kind of helps her i think to recognize that that's another should in its own way and and she very quickly see that that made a difference to how she was showing up for her work and for her family as well um and it was as a coach it was just lovely to hear that that has been implemented to such an extent she forgot she didn't used to do it mm. um so that's like a really practical mm -hmm. thing to do as well just like adding yeah. 20 minutes into your day that's yeah. about you um but also kind of as a coach, you sort of unpack that. Where does this should come from? Now, obviously, a lot of it is society, patriarchy, you know, how we've been brought up unconsciously, these, yeah. these expectations that have been put on us. Um, and it's really amazing as well. I've had a number of clients who, despite very different you know, backgrounds and work and all of this, the similarity of people pleasing coming up a lot. Mm. And that, again, has a huge expectation and should attach to it. Mm -hmm. So sort of just unpicking those stories a little bit over the course of um, our sessions together. And I think once people have that awareness, which you may not have before, mm. um, it makes it easier to start. Once you've noticed something, yeah. you're less inclined to do it if it's something that's not so positive yeah. for you, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, there's that, that sense. Yeah, it does. And awareness is key to everything, isn't it? There's, um, mm. <laughs> there's a thing that I've heard and seen shared places. I can't remember where it's come from or the exact thing. So <laughs> this may not be helpful, but I'll, I'll sum it up, paraphrase it. I, I don't know, maybe I can find the original source and put it in the show notes. Maybe not. But basically, it's like um, uh, when we're trying to do something new or make change or, or whatever it is, we get to the point of, uh, so first of all you're at the point where like you're not doing it you're not aware of the thing and then you go to the point of having awareness 
um, and noticing what you're doing or what you're not doing. And then you go to the point of trying to do the new thing or trying not to do that thing, but badly. So it's like imperfect action. And then you go to the point of kind of doing it more and it's become sort of like habitual type thing. Yes, that's exactly it. And it's something we spoke about in my coaching course and I'm currently resting my laptop on (laughs) my coaching material because I know it's, it's, um, because it's gonna oh no whoa how exciting i dropped it i'm so sorry <laughs> um because i know exactly what you're talking about oh, um, i've got the actual source right there <laughs> something similar oh is this exactly it maybe it's something slightly different yeah i'm not going to spend ages in the okay it's That's fine ridiculous but- <laughs> um it's been like consciously like unconsciously yeah, that's it yeah conscious mm-hmm. consciously unconscious yeah that's it, it it's yes. something yes yeah 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 if yes, you find it later you can let me know the source and i'll, I'll yes. put it in the show notes i will yeah for everybody um yeah cool okay um so i wondered if you could share a little bit about your own journey um of getting to sort of embracing slow living uh, and everything so i'm always in fact i'm always fascinated by sort of how people got to this kind of more what I'd call countercultural way of, of being mm. and living. Yeah. I love the way you've talked about it like that, actually, because I think in some respects it must be kind of inbuilt in a way because I've, I've never had the big ambition, you know, um, I mean, I had a couple of corporate jobs in my twenties and it was never about, I want to be head of PR mm. or, you know, it was never about me, uh, you know, wearing a suit literally made me uncomfortable. It genuinely made me feel suffocated Mm. and trapped. So I think there's an element that that's just always been who I am. But I think um, it probably goes back now, kind of now that I've started to track it backwards, Mm -hmm. you know, because you don't figure things out going forwards necessarily. (laughs) Sort of tracking backwards, I would say probably around um, about eight ish years ago I was hit with hit with depression and anxiety for the first time and panic attacks things like this um and they probably were part of my life for a good year or two um and in that time I had therapy um and I suppose that was the first time I'd ever started to really sort of unpick myself Mm. um and started to recognize the things that would make my anxiety worse and it's almost sort of like ever since then just that that low point for me did you know as a massive cliche but it did teach me a lot about myself Mm -hmm. um yeah it really did teach me that you know what I can't go out every single night of the week and I can't talk to somebody for hours and hours and hours on end because I will feel utterly exhausted um and it was kind of just really starting to know that about myself and then it just very slowly and gradually became you know following you know other life coaches on Instagram for example talking I sort of saw the concept this concept of slow living which initially was and it and it still can be depending on who you're following you know living a very minimal life you know literally minimalist um but I sort of saw it more as like an independent life to begin with so like you say the kind of counterculture of living 
outside those societal norms and those yeah. expectations um and it's all just been quite a natural journey to be honest sort of me being you know learning a bit more about myself then becoming more involved in self-development you know outside of myself yeah. but you know wanting to help others as well um seeing the difference it made to me to to slow down seeing how stressed friends were that weren't mm. slowing down you know that were incredibly busy all the time and never considered whether they were doing something because they wanted to or whether they were just doing it for somebody else mm. and just um continuing to support myself with that really so it's a bit convoluted I'd love to be able to say oh well I worked in this really high pressure like corporate job for years and then I hit burnout but no it's, it's not like that it's just been a really natural sort of um undertaking yeah but it sounds like um you know you you, you had the therapy which helped you go on this journey of kind of like self-awareness um yeah. and that had that you know had you not uh, felt the need to go to therapy for the depression and the anxiety that you were experiencing that might have taken you a lot longer to to get that self-awareness and to find mm. your way to to slow because it is counter-cultural mm. and it's not encouraged um, in our society because it wouldn't be beneficial to to the society that we've had mm. interestingly now I feel like we're in kind of an in-between state where we could yes. go either way yeah um so, you know, it might have taken you a really long time to, to get there. You might not be there now. Mm. Um, and I oh, find it interest, interesting that uh, there's, there's often, well, you know, there's always a catalyst, I guess, for any change, isn't there? But um, I wish that people were taught self-awareness, you know, in school. Absolutely. And I think also a part of it was, was like, as much as my relationship with Instagram is very much love hate yeah actually finding other people who are yeah. coaching or on a self-development journey or posting mm. questions that make me think and you know and then I've kind of over time started working with coaches myself before training to become mm -hmm. one but actually even if it's not in my day-to-day -day real life meeting people who I could share these yeah thoughts and topics with like I think that was a big part of it I think if if I didn't have, yeah, if I didn't have like this online community that I've built, then I might not have had the courage to do what I've done. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same with myself as well. Um, so uh, you sort of have touched on it, but is there anything else that you want to say about how you define slow living? Well, for me, it's kind of a bit of both. So I talk about helping people to embrace slow living from the inside out. Mm. Um, I should probably change it to outside in. Not that that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but it's in. I think that. As, I think that it can be. I think it can be your physical environment to an extent. So mm. whilst I sort of joked about minimalism, yeah, I do think that having some um, intentionality with mm. the with where you live, with what you're surrounded by is quite important. Um, yeah. As I said, I've kind of just had a couple of days off guilt-free and the first thing I've done is rearrange all the prints in my home, you mm. know, cause they're things that bring me happiness and just mixing things mm. up a bit. Um, so I think that having an environment that feels calming and that feels just take, doesn't have that stress. You know, I have clients that say, Oh my God, the minute I walk in the door, there's like kids toys everywhere. And mm -hmm. 
you know last night's dinner on the side and that stress like it really leeches into you mm. um and it and it means it's like just more things ticking over in your brain constantly so for me slow living is definitely an element of your environment that you're living in but it's also your commitments what your diary looks like how you're showing up in your work um kind of the space that you're giving yourself each day and then going deeper it's it's getting to know who you really are mm. like i do i think that giving yourself that time to connect into your values and actually really figure out what you want mm-hmm. not what someone else expects you to do but what you want is is such a crucial part of slowing down i think mm. that you could get rid of everything and have five things in your home but if you don't know why you've done it yeah what you're gaining from it then you're not really moving forwards at all yeah yeah um yeah so that's my slightly convoluted version of slow living no i and i get exactly what you mean about the inside out outside in thing now because they Mm. are kind of interchangeable because Mm. um it's, it's like you might start from the outside. So like for me, yeah. and I, it's, when people talk about slow living in the way that you have, it's really similar to how I talk about holistic living. I think they're very similar. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of similarities. Um, so for me, my whole, my whole journey, like a big catalyst moment was doing the whole Marie Kondo thing on, mm. on my belongings and like getting rid of like 10 bin bags worth of stuff and then suddenly realizing I had all this space, both like physically, but then within myself to kind of think about things a bit more. So it was starting from the outside, which then took the inside to think about, well, what do I want to have? And then, you know, and then maybe you do something else that's a bit more outer again, but then you come back to your values. So it is all that kind of, mm-hmm. that constant process, isn't it? Of um, the outer to the inner, and the inner yeah, affecting the absolutely. outer. And then, yeah. And mm. I think that a part of it as well is kind of, even by dealing with your external environment, you are consciously kind of, saying you know no to consumerism mm-hmm. at the same time you know so for me as well a big part of it is being a more conscious consumer and being more environmentally minded mm-hmm. um or certainly wanting to try yeah you know just sort of taking a step back for years i've interviewed um like independent designers and makers and a big part of that for me is like you just you know what the um supply chain is you know what the process is and you know that you're Mm -hmm. helping an independent you know individual who has taken a risk and they have stepped out of the norm of Mm -hmm. what people expect you to do um so that's very much the kind of person that i enjoy working with too Mm. yeah yeah so did you go to university i did i did psychology did you (laughs) yes (laughs) um so after university I'm just interested in your experience because you said before that you were never a person who was like very very kind of driven in terms of career and stuff Mm. so when you left university um how did you feel like did you feel a lot of pressure to like get a certain kind of job or to were there a lot of shoulds around what your life should look like be like or not so much no I think there probably was I think it was just that question even in my early 20s where I just I didn't question what was expected. You know, yeah. at the school school that I went to, you went to university. Yeah. Like the teachers did you practically did your applications for you. There was just no question yeah, yeah, yeah. of not going. Um and coming out of university, 
oh, well, I'll apply for some grad schemes. Of course, because that's what people do, right? I didn't get into any. <laughs> um, and it, yes, so I think a lot of it was just sort of not, not questioning. Yeah. But also just having an idea in my mind of what I wanted to do. And at the time that was PR and marketing, that's where I wanted to be. But sort of just accepting jobs that came my way anyway there was never a plan yeah it just was never a plan um and now I can say you know I've done so many different types of jobs and been many different careers for so long mm. and um but they've all added up to me becoming a coach you know you know I worked as um uh, uh English as a foreign language EFL yeah. teacher for years and so obviously teaching kind of comes into coaching yeah, yeah, to yeah. some extent as well. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't, there was never a real plan. And I was always, I have to say, I was always really jealous of people who could say, you know, when they were 15 or 16, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a lawyer. Or, you know, loads of my friends at university were, lawyer, you know, trained to be lawyers. And they're still lawyers now. And that's what they wanted to do. They did the training, you know, and they've, you know, they've got to where they wanted to be and I was always a bit a bit jealous yeah. of that yeah I know what you mean I used to have moments where I'm, I'm jealous of uh of people who just like have a steady job there is a regular job and they're happy yeah. with it and I'm like god yeah <laughs> I know I know especially now when I'm just like oh that must be that must be nice to have that stability you know if you have yeah you are still being paid or even on yeah, the yeah 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 I know I so I have those moments uh especially when you know stuff's sort of having a hard day when you're working for yourself you know and you get those moments mm. you're like, mm, I wish I could just leave things as they are and not question everything <laughs> mm. but there's so many flip sides because you think oh yeah. it'd be nice to get like sick pay but then at the same time oh my god I don't have to ask permission to go on holiday yeah I know exactly. like, that was always like a real issue for me like why should yeah. I have to ask permission I just it just did not ever make sense to me <laughs> Yeah, I read that on your um, on your website on the about page. Oh, right. Yeah, and yeah. it's like uh, you know, no way. Well, unless we lived in France, uh, but within in the UK, could, could you have that whole time off in the summer that we talked about at the start? So um, yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely good. I just I uh, I just hope for the day when more of society is kind of not totally on these kind of ways of being but maybe more so you know like mm. uh, this kind of way of being is reflected more as a as a norm you know um, yeah and I have to say I do think that that is a potential positive that is going to be coming out of this like I see a yeah. lot of you know big big companies that friends work for who never even entertained the idea of people working from home yes yeah and their company has continued to function absolutely absolutely yeah no and problems a lot of people I know who are now like you know they're gonna really have to pay me a lot more if they want me to be not working from home now you know mm. like they're gonna have to give me a good reason to go into yeah. the office um so that's good um mm. i wanted to ask you about being yourself so i was reading your i was on your website and so reading your mm. about page and you're talking about it, how do people be yourself <laughs> no but i'm just thinking of that phrase be yourself because i talk about mm. it too and it and uh you know, I think the work that both of us do is, is helping people really be their true selves. Mm. But I just wanted to dig into it with you a bit as a concept, because I think we get told as well by a lot of um, kind of types of marketing and things in our society is about be yourself, be individual. Mm. Um, 
What does being yourself mean to you? That is a t- that's a tough question. Even if I have talked about it on my Big one, isn't it? It's a big one. It is. I think, do you know what? I th- it's a funny one because I think that there is nothing easier and nothing harder than being yourself. Mm. I think that a big part for me as well is like I truly embrace silence (laughs) like on a day that I'm working at home on my own you know I've got childcare and things I don't regularly even put music or the radio on because I just like to be completely unstimulated I suppose and I think it's I think from such a young age I know I keep coming back to this with people's expectations of you and I think Mm. most of them are completely unconscious Mm. um but it does make it really hard to be yourself. Um, so for me, like I'm still learning and kind of, I would say that I've only really been on the, like properly throwing myself into being coached and stuff like that, probably only for a couple of years. Mm. Um, and I've reached a point where I'm like, okay, I can figure out that I behave this way or I think this way because of X, Y, mm. Z. And then the next step is, okay, now I need to, Un, you know um maybe lose that behavior yeah or, yeah and, and and so the point that I'm at now with my journey to being myself I suppose is it's not just the kind of butterflies and angels side of stuff it's this this shadow side this yeah. dark side mm. that we need to work with too um so being yourself is being so vulnerable and open to who you really are but also who you really want to be um and I think a really big part of it also is kind of what I just touched on sort of having a community or certainly a couple of people that you can talk about this journey with um it's it's doing the things that truly make you happy yeah as much as possible as much as as much as is realistic Mm. Um, mm. you know, because of course there's a number of reasons why that's not possible for many people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's kind of the easy, the hard, yeah. the vulnerable, the fun. Mm. It's, um, it's difficult. <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, again, it's sort of like that Pinterest quote of like, there's nothing harder than being yourself in a world of people telling you not to be. Something yeah, yeah, like that, yeah, you know? so, yeah. I've seen that one. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's but it's it's true, isn't it? And it's just interesting. Um, I think it's we're constantly unraveling it and unpicking it that journey towards mm. ourselves because mm. uh, you might do something, but then you know suddenly you realise that actually you were only doing that because of this thing that you saw or were influenced by, and actually, you know, but 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 we 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 live in a world with other people and we live in a world mm. of influence so it's yeah mm. it's always kind of navigating that isn't it to, to whatever feels like that core inner truth to us Absolutely. yeah and actually you know what think there's also a big part of it which is recognizing re- recognizing that being yourself is a, a work in progress there's no mm. answer mm. because like life around you continues to change mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. thoughts and your opinions continue to change Mm. um so a big part of it is like I suppose the biggest part of it is just true acceptance in who you are in this moment yes and yes. what information you have and why 
you yeah. know why you are who you are right now mm. um so it is yeah like the verity of five years ago or even three years ago when I was pregnant with my first child was a very different person to who I am yeah. now yeah or even like when we were discussing whether you feel guilty or not you know you said only in the past few days have you started to not feel guilty for taking yeah. your time off so verity yeah. last week exactly guilty yeah verity last week was in a very different place <laughs> yeah for sure mm. interesting I feel like we could get very philosophical about this I know deep, I mean so. you can get Ooh. really deep with it yeah let's uh, let's let's leave that lingering with people's, <laughs> people's brains to work on mm. um mm. so one final thing I wanted to touch on with you was um just this idea of uh goals that so people come to you they come to work with you and and you you set goals together like you do in in coaching sessions but when we think of goals sometimes uh the way that we've been conditioned to think of goals maybe we think of achieving more or like growing or whatever whatever it is and i'm just interested in what kind of goals people might be setting uh, when they come and work with you and kind of what goals and also people listening, if they're thinking, you know, I really would like to slow down more, what kind of goals could they set for themselves? I love this question because actually I would say that my answer to this will have changed a lot in the last, even just in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So as a kind of fairly new, new, newly trained coach, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the training was all very much about setting three really solid goals that a client could very easily tick off Mm -hmm. um, at the end of our time working together. But with the clients that I've worked with so far, I'm finding that it's a lot more flexible and fluid. And actually, I started with a new client last week who wanted to, or who wants to bring more sort of playfulness into life, Mm -hmm. into her life, Um, you know, more lightness. And as we were talking it through and I was kind of going with my training and being like, okay, let's really narrow that down into a beautifully worded goal. And as we were talking about it, I was like, this doesn't make sense. You know, if you want to be lighter and more playful, then setting a really solid goal with really mm. solid actions completely goes against that. Um, and so actually in the end, we just picked out a few key topics, a few key things that she would like to be feeling mm-hmm. in sort of three months time and, and leaving it that, leaving it at that. So rather than very solid goals, um, kind of themes still some actions things to work towards before our next session and then it it kind of just it opens up the coaching space that we have together to just bring what's in your mind to the table today in this Mm. moment rather than you know kind of I think almost part Mm. of my work as I'm learning and leaning more and more into who I am as a coach is it's not about the big vision for your future mm. because if anything, and I know this is, I know I'm not definitely not the first person to say this about um, the pandemic, but I think if anything, we've been taught, we never had control anyway, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you could have, you know, I, I obviously, I, st- I still love to write my own personal goals down because it make, gives, makes me feel focused. But frankly, I'm rubbish at following through on anything that I say <laughs> I'm going to do. Um, you know, I'm sure plenty of people have big, big goals for their business this year. And that's, you know, yeah, sadly, yeah. that has 
you know gone out the window or needs to be booted or seen differently so i think actually my my attitude to goals right um, yep something just fell off a shelf <laughs> anyway um interesting um yeah my attitude towards goals has shifted a lot now because i think that i want my coaching space to be so free of any pressure Mm. I really do I really don't want it to be an expectation from me mm. for a client to have done their actions I don't want it to be another should for them mm. like I really just want it to be a space that they will still be working towards like a better life you know like yeah elements that they can bring into how they approach their day-to-day um so yeah yeah no I mean obviously I have had clients um who want to bring more literally their goal will be to you know bring more slow in bring more creativity in i've also had quite a lot mm. because the people i tend to work with are naturally creative but that gets lost doesn't it yeah. day to day yeah, when you're busy yeah. um yeah and just living more in alignment with what you really want to do with what your values are mm. Mm. So it's kind of like in many ways a, a feeling or an intention might be mm. better placed than a goal sometimes. To people. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that's something that I'm going to be um, bringing more into my practice for sure. But that's not to say that there isn't a place for solid goals as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just depends yeah. on what you want to bring in more of, I guess, and, and whether mm-hmm. there is, well, and how you are as a person, I suppose, as well. So whether you yeah. respond well to, to a goal and that helps you be uh, motivated to do that thing. And as long as that goal is a positive thing for you to work towards, then mm-hmm. that could be helpful. So it all comes down to knowing yourself again, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And I suppose different people will be at different points in their journey anyway. You know, there'll be mm-hmm. some people that come to me that you know, they've never worked with a coach before and actually having the structure of that goal framework will be most beneficial to them. There's also people that come to me, you know, that they maybe they're a coach themselves, Mm. um, you know, or they've already done quite a Mm -hmm. lot of this journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're just looking for that space and that accountability to, to stay on that path of like uncovering more about who they are. Um, I'm here for anybody really (laughs) I will just take somebody as they are in that moment and go from there yeah Mm. lovely well I think it's time we went to my final two-part question Mm. so so that is in your kind of dream vision of the future what changes would you like to see people having made towards a more purposeful and holistic life um towards living a more purposeful and holistic Mm -hmm. life and then the second part is if people think that sounds good and they want to start moving in that direction what small changes could they start making right now so for me this kind of purposeful life isn't fulfilling some massive ambition you know it's not ticking off big house or shiny new car or big promotion that's not what purposeful living is to me it's absolutely about living in alignment with your own values so it's kind of consciously taking the time to slow down hence why I talk about slowing down all the time (laughs) and connect with what it is that you really want to feel actually as well as what you want to do Um, and so once you kind of do do the unpicking and figure out what your values may be 
just bringing those into every decision you make that makes it sound really complicated but it really doesn't have to be um you can just jot i mean jot your post jot them on a post-it note on your laptop or on your phone or something and and recognize you know anytime you're making a choice about your work or your relationship or you know frankly even your food shopping you know if you're going to be supporting small makers because that's small growers or whatever because that's really important to you or or not and whatever it might be just kind of using taking the time to take a breath and just say is this in in alignment with who I want who I want to be Mm -hmm. um which sounds very grand actually doesn't it (laughs) um quite simple yeah yes and no I guess um Mm. because as someone who's who's done that that work I I know what you mean it's and it's not Mm. because once you get tuned into that you have a little compass kind of thing yeah guidance yeah and it becomes a practice so Mm. um yeah that's Mm. I think that's great Mm. great so I think it's yeah I think it's just partly just taking time in your day like I say to pause before Mm. you make a decision but it's also and this is something I do encourage as well with all my clients just taking some time in your day to just be Mm -hmm. because it's it's amazing how caught up we get in I must do this I must do that this person needs to be here you know all of these other people you might be need to thinking might need to think about as well um and you suddenly realize that you're never quiet because you're always with other people or you're listening to a podcast or you're driving, you know, there's something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just learn, just taking 10 minutes a day to breathe, you mm. know, so simple and so difficult. Yes. Yeah. Really, really, really true. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Verity. And do you want Thanks to so much, let people know where they can find you online if they want to kind of engage with you yes. more? Absolutely. So my website is inspireandenjoy.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Verity Guider, which is G-A-I-D-A. Great. And I, <laughs> I always had to spell my surnames. I, I also, I didn't know how to pronounce it until you just said it. I was saying it wrong. So thank you for that. I think, I mean, I might still be saying it wrong, to be honest. Who knows? Well, that's how you say it. So I'm going to go with that. Um, perfect. Yeah. And I'll link to those in the show notes so people can, can go and find you online. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been such a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Create Shift. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I would love to hear what you thought. Um, Find me on Instagram at being underscore change. Find me online at being-change.com where you can read blogs, find past episodes of the podcast, find the show notes for this episode. So any links that you wanted will be right there and find out more about what I do. I would really appreciate it if you did enjoy this episode, if you'd be willing to hop over to either the Apple Podcasts app, if you listen to this on an Apple device, or to iTunes, find Create Shift and leave a rating and a review. It's not just to feed my ego, I promise, although that is nice. Um, It's so that other people can find the show, because the more people who review it, the more that iTunes, Apple 
powers that be will trust that it is a podcast worth listening to and show it to other people who may be interested. So thank you in advance for doing that. And until next time.